Okay, so this is an email we got from someone looking to do a paid collaboration opportunity. Uh, as it says in the subject line, there is a money sign and then an emoji with hearts. It says, hello, Colin, it's me again. First off, we've never spoken. We really think your audience and our product could be a match made in heaven. In our last email, we offered you a gift card of $150 for our incredible CBD and energy capsules. We supplied you with an affiliate link to earn 15% commission on any sales driven by the video and promote the video to our audience with ad dollars to help boost your viewership. On top of all that, we want to offer a one-time cash payment of $100 to feature us on your channel. Just hit reply if you're interested. Sincerely, well, Olga. Yeah. So what Send do you think? Olga an email, man. Let's do the deal. We're in? We're in. So that's what we're talking about today on the podcast. We're talking about the worst brand deals we've ever gotten. Emails like that one. And then how creators can think about pricing themselves and making good brand deals. All right. Roll the intro. This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're talking about brand deals. And specifically, we're talking about some of the worst brand deals that we've ever been offered. This is something that is very relatable. If you're a creator, uh, once you start having some traction with your content, you'll likely start getting some DMs or emails from brands and, and people who might feel like they're from overseas offering you some pretty bad deals. So in this episode, we talk about some of the worst brand deals we've ever gotten, but we also talk about what makes a good brand deal. They're a huge part of all creators' businesses and uh, really offer the opportunity for you to grow and scale as a creator. So it's important that you know how to do them right, but also really important to look out for what is definitely wrong. And that's what we talk about in this episode. This episode does look a little different. So if you're listening on the audio, you might not notice a difference, but if you're watching on YouTube, you will definitely see we are in new locations this week. So if you wanna go check that out, it's uploaded to our podcast YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe there. We are getting close to that 10,000 subscriber mark and that is a big goal of ours. So appreciate everyone for watching, viewing, commenting, subscribing. Make sure to go check out the YouTube channel and we hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. So first and foremost, uh, this is the Colin and Smear podcast from home. This is the first time we're doing a remote episode uh, of the Colin and Smear podcast. And that is because in true 2021 fashion, uh, we had some exposure to COVID-19 and are quarantining. Who so, knew that 2020 yeah. would just roll over to 2021? <laughs> I know. I thought when 2021 started, it was supposed to be like a blank slate, like everything was going to be back to normal. I think, uh, to the contrary, 2021 felt competitive and just decided to really up the ante. Yeah, I mean, week, the first 15 days of 2021 have been pretty wild here, especially in the U.S., I'm sure everywhere around the world, continuing to be crazy. Um, but we hope that you can, you know, sit back, relax for 30 minutes, enjoy our podcast, and we can bring you some creator news and topics. Um, we are both... Uh, drinking some coffee out of these uh, black mugs. If you guys want to grab a coffee, sit back and relax. We'll wait for you. Just kidding. We won't wait for you. We're going to get started. I was going to say, All right. how, long, how long do we wait? <laughs> um, so today we're talking about brand deals. Now, this is a topic that was uh, influenced by a couple of things that happened. One, we got a pretty funny email last week that is not one of its kind. Like We always get these these brand deals and we read them to each other because they're really funny. They're like very strange, strangely worded. Um, they typically have some type of really bad offer 
um, that comes our way. And, you know, it seems to be something that's pretty common in the creator community, especially because MKBHD tweeted out something really funny, tweeted out this, which says, uh, hey, influencer, how do you do? And it's clearly like a templated email. It's something that's very relatable in our community if you're a creator. Uh, and so we wanted to talk about those. We wanted to talk about some of the worst brand offers we've ever gotten. And then towards the end of the episode, get into like what what makes a good brand deal? Like how do you how do you price yourself as a creator? It's one of the most confusing parts of getting started in this career. So before we get into it and talk about brand deals, I do have a question for you. Have you put any thought into the haircut? Uh, I have, but... There was there was some good complimentary thoughts in there um, around like maybe this is my look maybe this is my thirties look if you guys are listening to this on Spotify um, you can head over to our YouTube channel to check out what my hair looks like uh, you know I'll look at the camera right now and you can check it out I don't know maybe I should just ask the question this week it's not about the date of cutting it or should I cut this or just see where it goes because it could uh, could get pretty interesting. I think at some point you have to cut it because on the last podcast, you put $100 on the line. If someone guesses the day right, they get $100. They could guess They could guess 2022. Anything could happen. Um, okay. Or we wait for a brand partnership with a haircut company and it becomes its own brand deal. Yeah. Okay. Now we're, now we're talking. Now we're thinking. Now we're talking. So when we first started on YouTube, it was in 2011. And thinking about how to monetize was pretty much strictly thinking about AdSense. I had heard some stories about creators who were um, able to create careers just off of uploading to YouTube and YouTube would pay you. Now, the first channel that we started was very niche and it had you know not massive viewership. So AdSense was relatively insignificant. Um, and what we started to realize over time was that it was all about advertising and sponsorships. And there wasn't really a, there wasn't really a culture around that in 2011 and 2012. And so we would go out with these media kits and pitch decks to pitch our channel and try and convince advertisers that they should advertise with us. But we didn't know what that was supposed to look or feel like. The only thing we could compare it to was television advertising. And almost everyone said no. Now, fast forward to now, the culture is actually um, so much so that um, you know brand deals for us especially are coming in the door at a pace that we cannot you know, we, we can't do all of these brand deals. Now there's a spectrum of what they look and feel like. When we first started Colin and Samir, um, do you remember what it was like? Like, did you did you have a thought in mind when we we left our last company, started Colin and Samir of when would be the time we would get our first brand deal or how? Personally, I put so little thought into it, but I had so much confidence, which is probably a bad combination. You know what I mean? I went in thinking because we had success uh, with our last YouTube channel, with pretty big brands thinking, ah, it won't take that long before big brands will want to work with us. Uh, I think at that time, coming into our new channel here, I was thinking it was going to be more lifestyle brands, especially at the time watching like Casey Neistat do a J. Crew collab or Mercedes-Benz. That was just my thought. But the reality is it, it takes so long to grow. Uh, for us, it took a long time to define who our audience was. Uh, and the inquiries that came in were in the very beginning, more so like you can check out our products and talk about it if you would like, and we'll give you the product. And a lot of those, um, a lot of the outreach in the beginning was either from people we knew. I think the first time we ever had cold outreach was from a glasses company called Felix Gray. And Felix Gray made these blue light glasses. And, you know, we had not done any brand deals to date. 
And when they reached out, I think we both looked at it and we're like, we would like these blue light glasses. They didn't offer us any cash. They offered us just the glasses and asked if we would do a review. And that's pretty common in creator culture or influencer culture where a brand will reach out and say, I'll gift you free product in exchange. Can you do a review? Now, I want to explain when that makes sense uh, and why that makes sense. Because free work is something that creators oftentimes are faced with. They're faced with a, with a brand or a client who's asking them to do something for free. The reason why we did that video was because we had no advertisers to date and it gave us an opportunity to actually showcase what advertising with Colin and Samira looked like. And it even gave us an opportunity to understand what is it what does it mean to work with a brand? So essentially, we were looking at that not as free work, but an opportunity for us to build a case study to then go out and try and get more advertisers. And I think what we realized was we needed an example of advertising on our channel to even get to the point where we could get real paying advertisers. Yeah, it also was a good exercise, you know, not only in working with a brand on our channel, but uh, showing a brand to our audience that was very young uh, and still growing uh, and small at the time, right? It was like starting to understand, if we talk about these glasses, is that actually something that our audience is interested in? Did we do it in a way that was entertaining to them? You know, we ended up making a, a video essay, uh, which was, I thought, pretty entertaining. It was like a shorter three or four minute video. Um, but that was a good opportunity for us to see what it's even like to integrate a brand with our audience and see what they think about it. Now, from there, you know, a lot of the some some of the conversations that happened for us happened through friends uh, or people that we knew, like contacts that we had who would reach out, and um, we would we did a variety of work. A lot of the work was for uh, was using our YouTube channel to create um, work for us that was not posted on our YouTube channel. It was just showing that we were good creators and that we could do that work for you. Um, then we had uh, Storyblocks come along, which was through a, a personal connection with you, uh, reach out and, and sponsor our channel. And then eventually, I think once we got to about um, 10, maybe 20, maybe 20,000 subscribers, we ended up getting connected with Space Station Integrations who started representing us. And having representation is something that is incredibly important in brand deals. As you can imagine, there are so many deals that come in the door. Again, we're going to read you some of the emails that we get. And if you're the creator, a lot of your focus needs to be on just creating. Um, and when you get into these conversations with brands, sometimes it's foreign. You don't know exactly how the media business works. You don't know exactly what the the pricing model should look like or the, the comparisons to what other creators are getting in your um, your range. And there's people who are dedicated to that. You know, Space Station Integrations is a great example of a group that that does that. Um, you know, Eric uh, recently in an interview talked about uh, some of our friends, Zach Hanarvar at uh, One Day Entertainment, who represents Eric and, and Yes Theory, and um, talked about the value of having someone actually do that work for you. It changes the conversation completely. Um, and so for creators, I think once you do get to that point, highly recommend... Um, getting involved with someone, it's definitely worth the fees that these management companies take, whether it's 10 or 15%, because you actually can get better deals through that. Yeah. I mean, the management companies are doing these deals at scale and have a much better idea of what pricing looks like. It's definitely important for you as a creator to have some sort of understanding of your own pricing model and what works for you. 
Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit later, like how we look at pricing ourselves. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest values is that with a management company, you have someone on your side who's seeing these deals come across their desk every single day. And, you know, you fit into a spectrum of, of rates. Um, so it's more likely, I think, that you'll get a fair deal for your work. Mm-hmm. And what's important is having conversations like this also, I think, open people's eyes towards what is a fair deal. Even us reacting to some of these gives you an understanding of what's not a fair deal. So why don't we talk about, we also asked the audience, uh, we posted on Twitter, we asked you guys to send us some of the worst deals you've been offered. Uh, Why don't we talk about some of those? We also set up an Instagram account, or sorry, a Twitter account. We set up a Twitter account called at worst brand deals. We thought it'd be fun um, if you guys, after listening to this podcast, have examples of these emails that you've gotten to post them uh, and tag at worst brand deals, and we'll retweet them from there. Um, it's kind of like a uh, just a fun project. If it, you know, if, if you guys want to email them to us, you can do that too. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we'll find some funny ones and we can retweet them. Yeah, um, and we, we said right. on Twitter that we would keep everything anonymous. So this first one that we got. Uh, is from Matt. We'll just leave it at that. And the email starts, hi, friend, comma. Right there. <laughs> Something's off. Yeah. Something's wrong. Not Something's wrong. Next line. Hope your everything goes on well. Hmm? I don't know. I don't no, know what I don't, that means. I, I, don't, I don't get it at all. Uh, we'll bleep some of this, but my name is from... He is the service provider of a video game that she lists. The cooperation model is following straight into business. That also doesn't make much sense. The cooperation model is following. One, do a 30 seconds video about the game according to our video script attached. Note, just video material do not publish on your channel. Two, according to video script we offered, live action shoot exclamation point, live performance is down to earth and attractive. This is the key point of the video. Number three, the game is... Note, the game is a casual game. Begin the adventure with Alfred to restore the town while playing the coolest match. Do you want to know more about the game? Learn more here. Do you have any interest? If yes, could you give us your offer, please? Any question, please feel free to ask me. Hope to hear from you soon. And then the script is very strange and has to do with some sort of bathroom encounter. so there's no dollar amount offered there. There's no dollar amount offered there. Huh. Yeah, but that, that's a very strange, uh, strange offer. One of the easiest ways to filter these out is anything that says business inquiry or cooperation. Like what I've noticed is typically these are from, you know, people outside of the U.S. A lot of people who are running like Amazon affiliates or mobile games. Um, I read one that was sent to us that I think is really interesting. Uh, I'll just uh, keep it as. Hi, Justin. I'm Blank from the Influencer Division at Blank. This is a premium water bottle brand. Okay, interesting. So I'll cut to the chase here. Here's the offer. We'd like to offer you a flat fee salary for 10 TikTok creations featuring Blank for 70 US dollars. 10 videos, 70 US dollars. That's crazy, right? Like, I mean, we're yeah. talking about saying like, hey, we'll throw you $7 per video that you make. Now, that, and Justin that has 100,000 followers on TikTok at the time. Right. Yeah, 100,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, they're also offering a commission of 8% per 
per sale. Uh, they don't mention how much the the water bottle is, but uh, here's some of the uh, the bonus structure. So an additional bonus commission of eight percent uh, per sale using your custom referral code. Um, any customer that visits our site through your referral link and makes a purchase within 45 days. So that's like a affiliate link. Uh, you can track sales through your dashboard. A sale is generated. Cherry on top. Uh, you get a free water bottle. Cherry Pretty on top. Cool. Okay. Not bad. Cherry on top. Payment is released upon, um, 10 acceptable TikTok videos being published with the water bottle in full frame and the logo showing. So I think the interesting thing about some of these emails is that clearly they're automated. Yeah. And even so, they, they're they not clear English. Like They're, they're very strange. Right. They're automated. And I think the second that you don't seem like a real person trying to make this connection, you're already so far off from ever landing an actual influencer marketing deal. Or any type Here, of business here's the to start. Thing. I think it's it's interesting that this is such a scale play to me. Here's the thing that's interesting, though, is that um, do you remember when we talked to some of the TikTok creators and um, they were talking about the range of deals that they have accepted? And some of them did say that they had accepted $50 deals, even in the millions of followers. So I think what's interesting is that there are certain creators, like if you do blast this out at scale, there's a couple that are going to accept it. And that, that is a very interesting um, situation in the creator economy where you have people who experience large growth very fast and are completely unfamiliar with rates and completely unfamiliar with what, what is their pricing model? Like, what are you paying for as a brand? Now, I, I think one thing that's really interesting when we first started on YouTube um, and some of the experiences we had, again, because it was more similar to like television and, and traditional media Things weren't performance-based. Today, what you start to see is that a lot of the deal structures, even at larger scales, start to get performance-based, uh, start to get based on the conversions that you drive. But what, but the thing to, that, that's really important to note, especially like you look at that, that water bottle brand who's saying you have to show our logo in 10 of your TikToks. With 100,000 followers, let's just say each TikTok gets you know 5,000 views. So you're, you're delivering 50,000 uh, know, impressions if no one buys the water bottle, that's not your fault, right? Like that is not on you. When you think about it, you're promoting the brand. If they're not good at converting a customer, that's not on you. They are engaging you to drive traffic to the site. So that is a terrible deal. I would never tell anyone to take a $70 deal for 10 pieces of content. But what I want to get into is to talk about when you think about what you are worth and what how you are pricing yourself, there's two prices that you or two things that you have to keep in mind. One is you are a content creator, you're a producer. So you have a production cost, right? Like how much does it cost you? How much time does it take you to make a really good TikTok, YouTube video, whatever else? And then you have a distribution cost. The distribution cost is you know, based on how many followers you have, it might be around your typical viewership. And if you want to set a CPM or just think about like the value of your audience. So you have a production cost, the time that you actually take to create your content and a distribution cost, which is the price to reach your audience. Um, and both of those should be taken into account before you even get into conversion metrics of 
how many water bottles you sell for the company because if they make a bad water bottle or have a bad website, that's not on you. you so know? I think within that equation for coming up with your price, the production cost makes sense to me, right? If you're trying to come up with your production mm -hmm. cost, you'd look at how much money you want or need to make in a year and divide that obviously by the amount of hours that you would work and you have an hourly rate. Right. So like you can you can come up with an hourly rate and then decide that, you know, this TikTok takes me three hours to make, that YouTube video takes me 20 hours to make, whatever it is. And you can understand your production cost. But if you're a creator that hasn't done a ton of deals, how do you understand your distribution cost? Because that can be a little bit more difficult. That can be much more difficult. And I think that that has to do with the audience that you're building. So the the general concept of being a creator, which I think is important to think about, is you attract an audience through your content. So you make content, you're attracting a large you know, portion of an audience on the internet. Now, through that content, you turn the audience into a community. The people who are there on a consistent basis, that typically is defined by your average viewership, your subscriptions, uh, like how many people are always there? What's the size of your community? Now, also, what is the, um, what is the theme of your content? Is it niche? Is it like something that... Let's say I have a tennis YouTube channel where all I talk about is, you know, tennis tips, how to get better at tennis. And I have an audience size of like 100,000 who are regular viewers. So if it's a tennis brand that's coming to me, let's say they want to sell a new tennis racket, the price is going to, the distribution price is higher because it's a direct line of communication to a relevant audience. So I would probably say I would push in like, $35 plus CPM for the distribution side. And then you can evaluate your own production costs. Um, I might even get up depending on how strong, you know, and how relevant your audience is get, you know, get as high as, as a hundred dollars CPM if you want. Um, but again, you're going to have to gauge that based on your relationship with your audience. If it's a more general brand, like let's say audible wants to integrate with you and you're a tennis channel the CPM is going to be lower because it is a more general audience. You're giving them exposure. Uh, it's likely that people will convert, but it might not be as relevant. So you're going to fluctuate on your distribution cost based on how relevant and authentic the brand is to your audience. Because there's only, you start to realize like there it's, it's classic supply and demand. Like if you're a tennis channel, there's only a few really good tennis influencers. Your price is going to go up no matter your viewership. If you are one of the most relevant tennis channels. And I think that's when you start to think about what is the niche of your content? What, you know, is your audience interested in? Um, and how do you dive deeper into that? Because then your rates will go up if you are servicing a niche. So clearly there are a lot of factors that go into coming up with that distribution cost and it can vary a lot. Right. I think that's another reason why good management that you trust is so valuable because that right. really is a huge part of their job is to understand that distribution cost. If they're pricing you as a production company, you know, that's not necessarily the right relationship. Now, the rates are also determined by the market. Like I'm not I'm not saying with confidence that if you, you know, price yourself in a certain way that everyone should say yes. That's based on what, you know, brands, how much cash brands have and how much they're willing to spend. And you painting a holistic brand picture of why you are worth that, that amount. Um, but once someone does pay you a certain amount, you know, 
you get the confidence to charge that. So I would say that as you're starting to look, like Colin and I, when we think about pricing ourselves, we look at um, the time it takes for us to make a piece of content, like a YouTube video. And there's like a non-negotiable fee for, for me when I think about going to market of like, we can't accept anything lower than this. And so we go out to market and a lot of brands say no. A lot of brands are like, no, we, we don't want to pay that much. But for me, when I look at it, it's like, well, we're going to hold strong in that rate because no matter what, it takes us this amount of time to create. We think our audience is this valuable. So we're going to keep our footing in the market. And if you do get you know a few brands on your side who are uh, willing to pay that price and want to be with you as a holistic brand, it's better to do that, to have a few brands that are paying you the rate that you think you deserve uh, and that that you think you're worth than having a ton of brands paying you a lower rate because they might not renew, they might not be in it for the long haul. Um, and so I think that's what we've been fortunate with is that we have some brands that are on our side and are with us for longer periods of time and are willing to grow with us and grow with our audience. And we're able to service them in a totally different way than if we have a bunch of one-offs. How do you look at gifting? Because I think, you know, no matter what scale you are, creators still encounter lots of gifting offers. And even, you know, for you and I personally on our Instagrams, there's things that we will get, like receive and maybe do a post or two uh, on mm -hmm. Instagram. What do you think about that at like creators who are at even bigger scale? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this from the brand perspective and the creator perspective. If you're a brand and you don't have a budget and you want to gift creators, one thing you have to remember is they, creators aren't going to care as much about products as they are about experiences because experiences equal content. So if you're a brand and you can gift me an experience that I can then turn into content to engage my audience. Pasta. Exactly. If you gift me, I mean, Breville is a great example. Like coffee machine, I can turn that into content and it also enhances my life. I can make content around a coffee machine. Or, or for example, if you're giving me like, like food, I think is excellent. If you're a food brand and you gift an influencer um, like a whole kit for them to make a meal, they likely are going to create content around making that meal and it's fun for them and you just gave them a content idea. So if you're, it's, it's like any collaboration. If you're making my life easier as a content creator, then I'm more willing and I see it not as free work. I see it as you just helped me with an idea. Now on the creator side, if you're evaluating, um, you know, gifting, I think it's the same thing. I think you have to think about, is it going to make good content for my audience if they're just offering the product or experience? If not, if it's like a t-shirt, let's say, you know, you're a creator and you're gifted a lot of free clothes if you make content around fashion, if you do like try on hauls or something like that, I think it makes sense to accept free clothes because they're props for your videos. But if you're like us, uh, you know, and then we start accepting a ton of free clothes, like first of all, I'm gonna say free clothes are awesome, but if we're gonna start accepting a ton, we probably can't create authentic experiences um, and deliver for the brands as well as we could in another way, like Rode, for example, who gifted us this podcasting setup, which is now integrated into our brand. It's something that's an experience for us. We're able to create better content because of it. We're more willing to talk about Rode, you know, in, in a very positive light and create um, content with them because it's an experience for us and it's, it's upping our content. You know, also think about it in the same way that we thought about our first brand deal that was free, which was um, building case studies for yourself. 
creating experiences. Um, that's what's important. If it's pure product uh, and, and you know it's kind of inauthentic to your audience, I, I don't think you should go down that road. What about in general, just vetting some of these emails that come through? I mean, I'm just looking through right now. We have so many of these emails. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is when you start a YouTube channel, your email is connected. Like even when you look at the reason that email is directed to you, like that says, hey, Colin, is because the way I set up our our uh, YouTube account is that the name is Colin and the last name is Ann Samir. So yeah. that's like, that's an automated email that's scrubbing to find out what your name is. And just like, I think what's funny is when you see the emails that say, hey, insert here. Um, I think the biggest challenge is in our Colin and Smear at gmail.com uh, email, we receive so many emails. And a lot of them are like this. They're like business inquiry. We'll pay you $10 to post on your YouTube channel. Um, and those are like, you don't even have the time of day to look at those. But then we actually have gotten really serious deals from this email um, that are just cold outreach. So I think, I don't know that we've figured out the best solution, but a lot of times, you know, we do have a link for people to talk to our representation on our um, website. And so the hope is that you understand that if you seriously want to do a deal with us, you're going to go through, you know, management. Um, I think probably setting up your YouTube channel or your Instagram account with an email that's like, you know you're not going to accept brand deals and then you have a business inquiry email or a representation email. But there's I don't know if there's a perfect way. I mean, MKBHD suggested maybe there's like a filtration system that just looks at any email that says like, hey, influencer, how do you do? And is able to like filter it out. But I don't know. I don't know exactly what the answer is. I think you just have to make it evidently clear where you should, like where serious people in the industry should be should be reaching out to you. We got one that just says, dear comma, no name. <laughs> That's good. I hope this message finds you well. We found you in influencer, period. Hmm? I don't know what that means. We got another one asking us to review a children's toy. Uh-huh. And it says, hello there, how are you? Hope everything goes well. Sorry to bother you again and hope you do not mind. You know that Christmas is coming and I guess this is a good gift for kids. <laughs> Would that be okay with you? Could you imagine reaching out to someone in the hopes of having them advertise your product and you just say, I guess it's a good product. Look, I don't know. <laughs> I, th I think it's okay. Here's another one that was uh, sent to us from uh, Jordan from the audience. Thank you, Jordan, for sending this to us. Basically, it's a company suggesting that he promotes their type C um, charger, just like a, like a USB-C charger. Uh, he's a TikTok creator with over 70,000 followers. And here's the offer. They go through and talk about this product, which is, I mean, it's just a charger. But it says, if you're satisfied with our product and willing to share it on your social media, we can offer you $2 per order from your followers, 30% off for your followers, one more product for you. Is this workable for you? <laughs> like these deals are out of control. What, what kind of offer is that? I think the most amazing deals is when they suggest that it's a good deal for you to offer their product to your audience. Yeah, one of one of the incentives is your audience can purchase this product. That's one that we got on Tuesday, January 12th, so last week. Um, here's the email. Dear Colin and Samir, we discovered your amazing work on YouTube. We are happy to know you here. 
The reason I'm writing this message to you is because we sincerely want uh, invite you to do a review for our newly released product, the professional streaming webcam and gaming accessories to PS5, such as controllers and charger. Our blank product is also very popular on Amazon. You could also enter our stores and learn about our products. So they don't provide any information about the products. We hope our products bring you an amount of search and exposure to your YouTube channel. So they're suggesting that their products will provide us exposure if we talk about them. Faith to the letter, win-win cooperation. I don't know what that means. Um, in return, we will offer you the below benefits for your collaboration. Number one, free sample. Okay, sounds terrible. Uh, number two, yep. your followers can quickly buy the latest webcam. Number three, you will gain new fans and trust from them. That's the extent of the mm, offer. That's where, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> that's the extent of the offer. Those are the three things they are offering us. A free sample that our audience can buy their product and that we will gain more fans by talking about their webcam. More fans who trust us now. That's crazy. Like that offer is... Um, you know, I hope that every creator watching this and every brand who's watching this understands the type of offers that are getting thrown towards creators. And I hope every creator recognizes that you're at the forefront of uh, advertising. Like your content that you're creating is more effective than television advertising. And so um, I think uh, I think it's really important that as a creator, you recognize how much work you put in and how valuable it is for you to develop a relationship with your audience and a community. Because having a community uh, of people who trust you is one of the most valuable things. And every brand wants access to that. And I think if, if you're a brand, the important thing is to understand that about creators and to spend the time finding the right creators to work with where your product or your message actually enhances what the creator is already doing, yep. not presenting a roadblock or shifting the creator's direction. Mm -hmm. So kind of, you know, key takeaway here, I think for, for creators is watch out for these types of deals. And these types of deals are, you know, very funny and, and ridiculous, but there's also a lot of deals that are um, bigger scale, but still not great deals. Like really think about the time you're spending on producing your content and then how big your audience is and how much trust you have with your audience and how relevant a brand is to that audience. You gotta be able to make authentic content that works. Um, you, you're, you're building a relationship with your audience and the brand wants access to that. They're trying to get a bridge into your community um, and you're charging a toll to, for them to get in there. So make sure that it's appropriate. Make sure you feel good about the deals take less deals that are that are better and and make sure that you stay consistent in the market with the type of rates that you are um, offering to brands. And if you don't have brand deals yet, like don't quit your day job, you know, like hold strong until you get to the point where you are doing the types of deals you think you should be doing and talk to other creators about, about what type of prices they're getting, um, reach out to management or representation, uh, just make sure that that you are understanding your value in the creator economy. It's called the creator economy because it's based around creators. Yeah, and the last thing I will say is that, you know, not only are you building trust with your audience, but the hope is that you start building trust with brands mm -hmm. and you work with them on a long-term basis instead of just a one-off here and there. And they're supporting you 
uh, like we have some brands that are supporting us on a year long basis because that will be game changing for you. Uh, and it will be a more enjoyable experience to create content with a brand that really trusts what you're doing because mm-hmm. it will then really start to enhance some of the videos and the things you're able to do. Totally. And I think that like, I think we're good, um, proof of that because we're like, you know, we're in this, this kind of, uh, mid tier of creators and we're able to work with, uh, bigger brands and, 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 you know, on longer term basis because we're able to build that trust with them because we're able to come up with creative ideas and, and, uh, service them because we, we only service a few. So yeah, totally. Uh, I would say if you guys have other, uh, brand deals that you want to share with us, these emails are very fun for us to read. And it's so cool to know that this is like a common thing that we all share as creators. Um, so feel free to send them to us. You can tweet them at worst brand deals, or you can just email them to us. I think they're fun to connect over. Uh, let us know what you think and put in the comments about my hair. Should I cut it? Should I not cut it? Let us know what you think. Um, all right, make sure. Or an idea for the topic for the next podcast, because a lot of times we do source some of the topics That's from the comments. Better. So if you have an idea for what we should talk about, something you'd like to hear us talk about next time, comment below. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to our podcast channel. We are getting close to 10,000 subscribers, which is the mark where Colin will shave his head. I mean, we might be there next week. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast channel. Uh, thanks to everyone who's watching, listening, subscribing, and we will see you next week right here on the Colin and Samir podcast. Last thing before we go, I want to give a shout out to Lindsay Marine, who last week commented, I love this podcast. I've gotten all my friends into listening to it. Thank you, Lindsay. If only all of our subscribers to this podcast channel could be like Lindsay. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. Thank you guys for listening to the show. And if you guys did listen, uh, make sure to go check out the YouTube channel. If you have thoughts on what we talked about, you can put those in the comments on the YouTube channel. And just make sure you subscribe. We're working towards that 10,000 subscriber mark. And we just saw that 90% of the people who watch and listen to our podcast on YouTube are not subscribed yet. So subscribe. We'd also love to hear from you what types of topics you want to hear us talk about on the show. You can tweet those at us. You can put those in the comments. Just get in touch with us through any of our social platforms. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Well, we'll see you if you watch it on YouTube. We'll talk to you here. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, see you next week.